Welcome to another episode of the Art of Product podcast. I'm your host, Derek Reimer, and today I am joined by nobody. Ben is on vacation this week, so here I sit on a Sunday afternoon sipping a cold kombucha, here to serve up some uh, fresh knowledge from behind the scenes of Drip. So today I thought it'd be fun to share with you a little experiment we've been doing at Drip as we kind of think about how to scale the system to handle ever more customers. So as you know, I've been thinking a lot about what changes we need to make to the Drip architecture to support um, all the customers we're getting and, and the large customers that are in our sales pipeline. I like to break it down and think of it in terms of the many seasons of scaling a SaaS app. And now that I live in the Midwest, I can talk about seasons and actually know what I'm, know what I'm saying. So the first season is uh, you know, a relatively simplistic architecture that's optimized for moving really fast. And that's definitely the approach we took with Drip. Um, you know, We had one big master database sitting at the middle and a nice Rails app sitting on top of it. And we could just crank out features really fast and everything was good until we started getting a couple hundred customers and then a couple thousand customers. And at a certain point we realized, well, this master database is becoming a bottleneck. And so what do you do? Well, first you add all the indexes that you can possibly add. And once you've done that, we started, of course, denormalizing our data, storing it in multiple places, different copies in different formats, optimized for the way we want to access it. And at a certain point, synchronizing your denormalized data becomes a bottleneck. And that progression just continues. And what I'm describing here is, I like to think of it as the incremental evolution of a system. And that is the the most prudent way to approach it rather than constantly reinventing the system that you're working with. Um, and it's least risky too, because you can just stop every couple of months, say, and evaluate the areas that are starting to be problematic for scaling. And then you can look at ways to improve that just enough to get you past that hurdle and you can get back to building features. And that process has served us really well, but we're now at the point where we're having to think at an even larger scale an idea that I came up with um, a couple of weeks ago was to try to was to try an experiment, a brainstorming experiment. And so we sat down in a room, and I invited a few smart engineers who are not totally familiar with the system as it stands today. And we started to think, how would we architect certain key systems of drip today for scale if we could burn it all to the ground and start over? And I like to think of this as mostly a thought experiment, not that we're actually planning on burning systems to the ground and starting over, but my hope is we can unearth some new ways of thinking about the problems that maybe we haven't been uh, thinking about because we're kind of like bound by our own legacy and it can lead us to kind of not see the forest for the trees. And so we started this process and we're a couple, a couple sessions in and I have a couple takeaways from it that I would like to share with you. So first, let's kind of dive in on how to structure these meetings. So the first step I did was get some experienced engineers in a room and only try to define the end goal of the system without giving divulging too many details about how the current system works. So, for example, we, we started by tackling our deliveries system. And so I could kind of define all the parameters. I could say, we need a system that is capable of rendering and sending X thousand emails per second. And I also went through the exercise of kind of defining the assumptions about the system. Certain things like we need the ability to cancel an email once it's already out the gate within a certain level of tolerance. So the first step is to just kind of 
map out the minimum set of requirements and assumptions, and then begin the brainstorming process. And so that's kind of where I turned it loose on the, the engineers who are not so familiar with the system and just tried to do a lot of listening. And so we were in front of a whiteboard and we just kind of started drawing diagrams and saying, well, if you introduce a queue here and then you could pass you know, data into this system and, oh, by the way, how, where would we store that data in a way where we can have you know, 5,000 threads writing to it all at the same time? And so at each point, we kind of tried to define it the best we could as if we were mapping out a totally new system. And that process started to unearth some of the trade-offs that we're going to have to deliberately make. For example, you're generally swapping the consistency of your data uh, for the speed at which you're able to access it. And so that's kind of one of the classic trade-offs that you encounter when you're scaling a system. Another example of that is with queuing technology, you're often able to achieve much higher throughput of job processing if you're willing to sacrifice the guarantee that a job will only be processed once. And the second thing it unearthed for us was uh, new ways that we should be thinking about storing our data and different formats of storing it and the systems to store it in so that we can get at that data with extremely high concurrency. You know, just talking to these engineers who have experience with systems that maybe weren't even on my radar helped open my mind to other opportunities that we could be exploring. And so I found at the end of the day, we, were, we began to, you know, reevaluate our assumptions and trade-offs we were willing to make. And once we could hammer that list and make it even more specific, then we could do another iteration and pass through and say like, okay, now given, given this expanded list of assumptions, or maybe now that we can remove one of the initial assumptions we had, how would we architect it? And what I found is gradually as we iterated through this, the quote unquote ideal scenario started to look closer and closer to our current situation. But I was able to identify some areas where, well, if we just if we just changed this one piece, that would release a giant bottleneck. Or if we relaxed a trade-off over here, that would allow us to, to move forward much more smoothly. So I think this is, this is a really great exercise, and I plan to do it for probably four or five other subsystems of DRIP. And I would encourage you to try it out as well. You, know, you don't have to necessarily involve engineers in-house. Maybe if you have a friend who's willing to lend you an hour of their time, then grab them and kind of explain the, the problem you're dealing with and tell them, I just want to think about how to solve this as if the existing system didn't exist at all and we could just start from scratch. It might work well for you as well. And that's all I have for you today. This has been another episode of the Art of Product podcast. If you'd like to access the show notes, head to artofproductpodcast.com and I'll see you next week with our regularly scheduled format.